Welcome, everyone, to the P2 podcast. Um, on this installment, Bryce and I will be touching on a couple popular um, current fitness trends and just things that we see within the industry that uh, we think there should be a bit more light shed on. Um, if you're tuning in, make sure that you like and share, um, comment, leave you know, different ideas for us to talk about. We actually are going to be spinning off of a comment that was left, even though we said we would not uh, pay attention. We do see those coming in. So thank you guys for being here and enjoy. Well, you, you can just continue going. Keep going. All right, Ben. Well, yeah, usually we hand the baton off there. So that's how I was. All right, sweet. So, um, you know, we're going to try a couple new things today. Uh, one of the cool, um, I was thinking about a couple of new things today. We're going to introduce a podcast starter where Bryce and I kind of speak about something either we've seen on social media, whether it be a current trend, social event, et cetera. Um, we'll start with the fitness space today just to kind of get our feet wet in it. Uh, I know that I have been going off all week about this because I keep seeing it. And it's like those Instagram target ads where like now everybody's video is doing this fucking thing. And I'm like, motherfucker, this is the worst thing ever, right? So I'll start. And then I'll let Bryce go ahead and chime in. He'll do his and we'll keep it rolling and then we'll go ahead and roll on to uh, today's topic. For me, this is a PSA to everyone, especially my Fitfluencers. If you're going to set up with a fucking deficit, use it. Oh, if God. You're going, if you're going to elevate your feet off the ground, you're, you better get a full range of motion. If you are still getting the same range of motion as if your feet, or as you would if your feet were on the ground, it, it's, it's, it's mute. It's mute, rather. It's void. It's stupid. It's dumb. You look like an idiot. It doesn't look cool. You're not copying your favorite Fitfluencer. It's stupid as fuck. Stop doing it. It's just a useless waste of your time lugging over a 45 or 225 Olympic plates to stand on them and use them for diddly fuck shit. So stop doing it. I had no idea where you were going to where you were going to go with that, Jesus Christ. Um, but no, I completely agree. Or I guess like an expansion off of that is people that do like goblet squats with their feet elevated on benches or something. Like mm -hmm. like they set up for straddle squats and they start doing goblet squats. I'm like, dude, what in the fuck? Like, do people think before they do shit? But clearly not. Like, I think that that answer is just a resounding no. Um, but yeah, no, like the deficit thing has always blown my mind where people are standing on a box or something and then they will start doing RDLs rather than stiff like deadlifts. And my assumption there is that they probably think that they're utilizing the deficit, right? Like I, I understand if it can be kind of close where if you're doing a stiff like deadlift and you feel the stretch in your hamstrings and you're like, all right, like that's the end of the range of motion. Then you come right back up. But like, if someone is observing you do that, they're like, yeah, clearly this person is not getting enough range of motion to justify the deficit. But like, I understand if there is just kind of like that that perception gap there, like between what you think you're achieving range of motion wise versus what you're actually achieving. But I just don't understand the people that like set up with a deficit like that. And then they just start performing a different movement or like they don't even attempt to utilize the deficit or I guess deficit penalty row. And they're doing like a barbell bent over row. Right. And I'm like, what are you like? Your, your torso is at 45 degrees, bro. Like, did you ever think that you were going to need to be standing on something like you're not even touching the floor with your feet on the ground. Like, what are you, what are you doing right now? Um, no, dude, there actually, we could probably go off on that topic. So, so far, just like 
ways that people misuse equipment and ways that people just completely fuck up just just various executions um but i mean we should probably just like wrap that up yeah please people like if you're going to adjust an exercise using something like a deficit or you know putting a pad on on like your your chest support to get more range of motion or anything like that right you're making adjustments to movements make sure to actually utilize that adjustment otherwise you're just making the the whole setup more complicated for no reason yeah i mean in a less aggressive way i think the because we tinker right like we there were times when we were younger and we would spend three four hours in the gym just fucking around putting a band here or doing this or doing that but in that tinkering there's a consistent analysis of what am i trying to achieve and i think that that's where we kind of are it's like a, a very monkey see monkey do type atmosphere where you saw someone stand on a plate and say this helps me hit my hamstrings better this helps me get more of a stretch but you didn't actually think about why or how you just said fuck it i'll stand on a plate too right you didn't take the next step of being like oh like can i be at all analytical about this can i think about what it is i'm trying to achieve i mean because lifting's not that hard right like there's the nuance and design but it's all just fucking angles so all you gotta do is look at it and go what's changed and what's the goal in that change okay let me make sure i execute to that goal and not just well they were standing on a plate so i stood on a plate because you know fucking Paige hathaway did it i'm like yeah okay yeah i mean it's the same with like elevating your heels and squatting like halfway down right like understand what the modification is intended to do and like what the result is is supposed to be like what is the goal that you're attempting to achieve with modifying the movement right be able to explicitly state that and know exactly what that is right if you're elevating your heels in a squat pattern the goal is to get more range of motion it's removing the the dorsiflexion limitation from your ankles so that you can just get deeper into the squat right but if you continue to just squat halfway, like what's the point of having your your heels on the or having your heels on plates or elevating your heels? It, like there is no point behind that. So no, yeah, I am in complete agreement with that. I think that just in general, most people need to be more analytical about the way that they train rather than just trying to replicate what they see. Hundred percent. What's yours? What have you been saying? What's been grinding your gears? Um, actually, this is like maybe this is not fitness related at all. But um, so someone that I follow in the fitness space posted a video of them talking about something that we'll just say is non fitness related. It, it was, it was more of like a, a political thing. So they were talking about their opinion, their stance there. Um, and without to go into like any more detail, essentially I was curious because I actually do put a lot of value in this person's general broad knowledge, not just about fitness. So I was like, I'm curious, what people are saying in the comments about this. And sure enough, it was like, why, why are you trying to talk about this specific topic? Like stay in your lane, like that type of shit. Right. Um, so not necessarily my opinion on this, but I'm curious as to your opinion, like what, what are your thoughts on people who, who attempt to like go out of their lane with their, their lane, right. To talk about things that maybe they don't have expert knowledge on, but they still are attempting to lend their opinion, lend their voice towards. And it's obviously going to be different for everybody, right? Like there are some people that should just shut the fuck up about everything. Mm -hmm. And there are some people that are just incredibly intelligent 
that probably can have something to add about a lot of things, but they're still not experts in everything. Right. But, like, what, what is your opinion on on people who are in one domain, but they try to discuss or talk about or debate things in a broad domain? Yeah, it's funny. It's actually something. I mean, obviously, this, this is a fine line for me in my head. So um, I'll touch on a couple points, but try to keep it brief. So obviously, you have podcasts that you and I listen to. I don't know how much you used to listen to Rogan. I have listened to Rogan a little bit, but like Lex Friedman and those guys, like they always try to have very diversified conversations and they're not just bystanders. They ask questions, but they also have opinions. And I think that's really important. Um, there are opinions that they feel strongly about. They post strongly. There are opinions that they know I feel strongly about, but I'm also uneducated on. They pose it with that hedge. Hey, I, I think this, but I also only understand this. So if there's something I'm missing, can you please provide that understanding and give me an opportunity to shift that idea, right? Putting someone in a box and telling them what they can and can't talk about, you should just fuck off. Right. Like I, that gives me very much like the, like that's what more than an athlete started. Right. Like when the whole Black Lives Matter thing happened and you got LeBron and Melo and Dwayne Wade standing on stage and then you got some idiot reporter on is LeBron, keep talking basketball. And I'm like, this is arguably one of, at least to the world, one of like the most upstanding people. Like who, we know he does shit. I'm sure he's a human being. Sure. But like the dude for the most part, like he's always giving back to kids. Like he really, really sows into the community. Like, he doesn't have many chinks in his armor and to sit there and be like, Hey bro, I know you're black, but you're not in politics. So shut the fuck up. Like just go dribble. And it's like, eh, that's edgy. That's, that's a little like, that's, there's some fucked upness in this that you should probably address. And also if you're going to have an opinion, please educate yourself. Like, because when you pose your opinion, when you give your opinion to the world, to friends, to whomever you are giving, you're like, Hey, what do you think? It's an inherent, what do you think? If you want to, you can just, because you can shut the fuck up. You can have whatever opinions you want. You could be racist. You could be sexist. You could think whatever you want about Palestine and Israel, but you also could just shut the fuck up and you can have an opinion. But when you give it to Instagram or you give it to Twitter and people come in and they come for you, like you can't get upset because you could have just kept it to yourself. LeBron, this is just something because I'd rather just pivot into a little less, uh, a little less touchy. But LeBron, every single Sunday for the last couple of Sundays, will get on to Instagram Live and give us his uh, his picks for the NFL games. And I'm like, bro, I don't give a fuck about you. <laughs> like, you, you're a super athlete, but you haven't proven at all in any capacity that you, like, understand the game at such a high level that you are so, like, intricately woven into the, the fabric of the NFL and what's happening on the, the player or scheme level that your word beyond your just general opinion is there. And, like, I... I'm not going to sit there and base my my picks off of what you got going on. Now, if you said, hey, guys, I've been doing this fucking fantasy. Like, if, if Drake got on and started talking about his picks, I'm listening. Because Drake literally is a main sponsor for stake, has partial ownership in it. He's big into betting. He's lost really big, but he's also won really big. So if Drake's like, hey, this is what I think and why, I'm like, bet, bro. You're a rapper, mogul, whatever, and also you're really big into this, so I'll hear you out. But you know, so it definitely comes with context. But if you're a bystander, you tell people to like to shut up or they can't give an opinion because it's not the the lens you see them through, you're also a fuck. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I guess my opinion on this is basically like everyone has the right to have an opinion. They also have the right to speak about that opinion in public, right? I also think that as soon as you put your opinion out there, 
it has the right to be shot down and made look stupid, right? A lot of people present their opinions as facts. And I think that that's where it becomes really problematic. It's, it's whenever you don't frame it as, hey, this is what I believe. This is what my research, my education has led me to think. This is my perspective. This is my experience coming out, right? Like this is just the way that I see the world. If you don't frame it like that, then you really just set yourself up to kind of be fucked, right? Like, like you set people up in a way that they want to actually come in and tear you down and make you look like an asshole or talk shit. Uh, but, you know, granted, I, I, I do think that there's a lot to be gained from allowing people who might not necessarily be in specific fields to cross and to discuss their thoughts and to collaborate with other people, right? Like if we were to just say, for example, like going and using like your, your Drake analogy, if you're just, or even LeBron, right? We're like, Hey guys, stay in your lane. Like you're a rapper, you're a basketball player. Don't mix business with, don't try and get into business. Like don't try and get into to marketing and advertising. Like just, that's not your thing, right? Don't talk about those things. But then you realize they're both billionaires. Maybe they have something to say about building a personal brand or building a business, right? Yeah. Like I wouldn't expect Drake to be like Steve Jobs whenever it comes to building a business, right? But whenever it comes to like nurturing a brand, like the dude fucking clearly knows what he's doing, right? Like clearly knows something about what he's doing there. Right. So I think it's just more so figuring out what and how you distill information from other people. And also remembering that experts are mostly fucking idiots too. And this is something that like not a lot of people really, really grasp, but like experts in most fields are basically just guessing or they're basically just parrots for whatever incumbent knowledge or incumbent um, opinions are pervasive in their field, right? Like this is how you get just talking heads everywhere that are consistently wrong. Right. Yeah, like there might be a dude that's on like MSNBC talking about like the stock market, but track that with how often they're actually fucking right. Mm -hmm. They're mostly just guessing, right? Like, what do you think the weatherman does? He's fucking guessing. Yeah, sure, he's an expert in meteorology, but like that's barely better than most of us, right? Like, right. like we're all half experts because we go outside and look up at the sky. Like, yeah, that's pretty much halfway to, that's halfway to a meteorologist right so like yeah i don't think that most people have the right to claim their opinions or their knowledge or their experience as being fact or being representative of everyone or being like this this objective this objective reality that like everyone else needs to adhere to but at the same time like I don't think it's difficult to be able to create a political framework or political opinion whenever you live in a politically divisive country. Mm -hmm. Like if like straight up, right? Like you're not an expert in politics, but if you live in the world, you've been exposed to politics. So you probably at least have some framework for how to analyze politics. Right. So Again, I like this is my thought, and this is maybe just because like I really enjoy like going outside of my own personal expert domain. Um, but no, that was just something I saw yesterday. I was like, I see both sides of this, but at the same time, like I think I lean a little bit more heavily on like, hey, if you disagree with someone, just 
prove them wrong rather than telling them that they don't have a right to talk about the things that they think or the things that they believe. Well, it's their experience. Like you said, like I could know nothing about politics, but I can speak on my experience, my perception of it. Right. And I think when it's delivered that way, obviously it's probably received a bit better. And also if I delivered it as fact and you know that I am factually incorrect, you can go, Hey, actually, <laughs> how this is, this is actually, you know what it is. Right. Um, and you know, you talked about experts and how they're all idiots and like it resonated and I'm thinking, and I'm like, most of them, most, of no, them. no, but I actually, I would, I would agree. Um, in the way that they're, they're idiots, be, not because they're not super smart, super intelligent, successful, but if you look at their stories, right. Aside from fucking Elon, um, as I'm still going through this book, but like Steve Jobs, Drake, like I know both of their stories pretty intimately having watched all the documentaries, the movies, read the books, like they failed a lot. Like Steve, even after being booted out of Apple because he couldn't relate to people, fail a lot. Like he, he still couldn't quite recapture the lightning in a bottle that he had with Apple, right? If you listen to some of Drake's early music, you can like talk about someone trying to find a sound. Like he was trying to find a sound, right? He's misstepped here. Like, they, but the thing is, is if you look at the one common thing between the two of them, it's frequency, because they learned every time they took that L. And so I, I thought about like, what would I want to get from a quote unquote expert? Is that I'm not here to get all the things you're telling me that I need to do right. Tell me all the things you did wrong. Because that's where you're going to find like the most uptake is like, show me your mistakes, because then I know to avoid these things and why, um, because experts are just people who just kept fucking trying. They just kept showing up. And then what happens is they figured it out eventually, but by figuring out what the fuck was wrong. Yeah. And, or like one of my favorite things is like asking people what they changed their mind on. Mm. Right. Like, because that requires humility, but it also requires a flexibility of like imagination and, and like mind yeah. to be able to disregard and dispel like a previous belief and adopt something that they had thought was actually wrong. So like you have to be able to make that transition from rigid in a belief, thinking that you're right to assuming that you could actually be wrong in this to, oh shit, I am actually wrong. But then to basically admit or accept that your opponent or your previous opponent was actually like there's there's a journey there that is really 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 challenging for a lot of people to make to go from a previous belief to updating that belief right and sometimes it's like super simple right like sometimes it's it's a really really minute thing but like even if you're in a relationship for example right like just admitting that you were the source of some fuck up or you were the source of some problem or like an argument originated with you and it was actually your problem, not your partner. It's like getting to the point where you're able to not only like admit that, but get to their side and be able to like agree with them and then like pull everything back down to a baseline. That is really, really, really challenging and hard and not a lot of people are able to do that. Um, but I think that for me, like that's one of the biggest tests that I have for a lot of people is like, don't tell me like the things that, you know, that's cool. Like that's, I love that. Right. Like if you know a lot of facts, that's great. But like, what have you thought that you knew? And then you change your mind on, right? Like that tells me a lot more about 
who you are or your intelligence as a person. No, hundred percent. I'm definitely, I mean, there's several, um, tangents that we could go on there, like fitness, but definitely for me, like non-fitness related. But I mean, I think that, that we can probably wrap and put a pin in that one as well. I'm just like, uh, cause I think that the idea of changing your mind, which I know you finally said you read thinking again, but like, that's a big component of it, right? That's a huge piece for me. Adam Grant's huge in that. And the idea of unlearning something because it, it, we are rigid. We are we're rigid by, by nature. Um, you know, there's something he mentioned in the book with like falling in love with being wrong because it means you get to be right, right? You get to know something that you didn't know the day before. Um, and that's something that always stuck with me where I'm like, like you, you corrected me on the name of Gemini, right? As I said, Genesis, I was just moving really quickly and you said, sorry to be that guy. And like, dude, no one ever has to apologize for correcting me when I'm wrong. Like never, like please don't, because to me, when I first met him, she loved the word esoteric, right? But she'd always say esoteric. And so she said it once while we were on the phone and or through a voice memo. And I was like, but whatever, cool. Like she's trying to say esoteric esoterically. Like, I don't know, <laughs> whatever, bro. Like, do your thing. Um, and then she said it again on the phone and I was just quiet. And she was like, what? And I'm like, I know this is our first time talking, but I'm I'm pretty sure it's it's esoteric, not esoteric. And she was like, wait, really? And I was just like, yeah. And so we got it off and she laughed and we laughed. It was one of our like first like inside jokes now whenever it comes up. But to me, like to watch someone keep doing something incorrectly, whether it is, you know, I've had friends that have had to be like, hey, like, just so you know, as a black person, like that just comes off like this. Like, just so you know, like, I don't want you to take offense to it. I know you're not trying to hurt me, but because I know you and love you, I'm seeing it through that love. Someone else won't see it through that. They'll, they'll probably just experience this and then you'll have a problem on your hands, right? That's like telling somebody they have a booger in their nose or something in their teeth. Like, you know, like like watching someone walk on and just keep fucking up and not ever bringing it up is like, it's not a sign of compassion or care. Right? It's it's a sign of selfishness. You don't want that initial awkward moment of saying, hey bro, like you had a booger, you know? And you know, that hurt that you see on their face of like, oh shit, oh, you know, whatever, right? But it's better than them talking to you for an hour fucking up and then going to do the same thing with someone else, going to the bathroom and looking in the mirror and seeing the booger and going, what the motherfuck? Like now I'm super embarrassed. And so that's how I kind of look at like correcting things and correcting my own thoughts, revisiting things that I'm super convicted in. Like, I think it's a really, really important process that you have to be very deliberate in uh, because we are rigid and it's easy just to kind of sit with the things that we think we know and accept those as our truth. Yeah, no. And I think just on the like booger, the nose analogy, it's really important to me because you, whenever you're looking at it in isolation on like a one-on-one -on -one interaction, it's, it's innocuous, right? Like it's, it's not a big deal. Yeah. You know, correcting someone or telling them that they're using a word the wrong way. Like if they continue doing that, it's probably not the end of the world, right? Like it's probably right. not really going to severely change their life. If they're using the word esoteric wrong in conversation, you know, or mispronouncing it. But the the thing is, is it's often really important to think about like, how, do, how would this look if it were extrapolated, right? Like if we were to expand the, the problem of people being nervous to tell other people whenever they're wrong about something, if we expand that problem outward, it's like, okay, now it's just not one-on-one -on -one interactions. It's thousands, millions, everyone 
who are incapable of telling other people whenever they are doing something wrong because they don't want to hurt their feelings or they don't want to come off as a dick. Well, then now you have an entire world of people who are functionally living in a world that they know is fucked up. They know is backwards. They know that everyone is doing shit the wrong way is, is, is wrong in the way that they're doing it. And they just can't discuss it. They can't talk about it. They don't want to talk about it. It's refused to be talked about. Right. And granted, like that is probably just a little bit, probably a little bit like more than, um, than could ever actually happen. But I, I don't think that it is like completely unrealistic to think that on a more like abstract level, that kind of does happen. Right. Like, like whenever you start getting into just like to larger groups, uh, especially if you, if you have like a, a social circle, right. it's not difficult to imagine that, you know, things just don't get addressed because it's too awkward to address them. Right. Mm -hmm. like if you have a friend who is treating their partner like shit. Everyone in the group knows that that friend is treating their partner like shit. Everyone knows that it should be talked about, but everyone is nervous about how to talk about it or the right way to talk about it. So it just doesn't get discussed. It just, it never gets brought up. So then it never gets fixed, never gets addressed. It just continues to happen. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, obviously that, that is a complete tangent that could go on for a long time, but, um, but like I, I think that sometimes it's like interesting to think about like what happens if you were to extrapolate a problem or extrapolate like an idea beyond like what it would ever really get to in practice and like think about how potentially harmful that could get. No, I mean, I think that we're kind of living in a world that's very similar to that now, right? We have things that are existing that everyone kind of secretly knows like this is a little much or this is a little, little oh, yeah. too far, yeah. right? Like, yeah, like our, our, no. our president has dementia basically, right? Like we just don't talk about it. Like no one wants to be the sacrificial lamb, right? That, because the, the, everyone knows, like the way I kind of look at it is everyone knows the first person who speaks up is likely going to be Colin Kaepernick, right? Like you're going to, you're going to be the one, woof, right? But then it's ironic because then everyone comes after like, you know, he got a good point, you know, let's make some changes. Let's do this. Let's do that. Right. <clears throat> but they don't bring him back, right? He's still, he's still exiled. He's still got to keep him out. Right. But we're going to listen. So like, it's like that tragedy, um, that has to happen and who's, who's, gonna step up and be that that tragedy um but no i will speaking of things that we kind of like changed our mind on um i think that there's a interesting thing we want to illuminate um and hopefully change a few minds on which is uh, obviously something that's very very near dear because we work with a lot of bikini athletes a lot of female bodybuilding athletes and it's just the the styles of training right we've had plenty of clients come to us with uh varied styles that they have experienced, you know, coaches with varied levels of like intimacy, like how close or not close they are to the different aspects and components of the coaching, whether it's nutrition, diet stuff, or if it's, you know, training and how just immersed they are there. Um, there was a comment that was left uh, that was pretty much asking like bikini building, which we extrapolated it to believe like, or extrapolated to understand, um, or to mean rather that they're talking about the the templates you guys have all seen, right? The, the shit ton of just glue kickbacks and machine abductions and this and that. And it's a very, very othered training style. It looks very different than what you would assume the majority of aesthetic athletes to be adhering to. Um, and just why it's a thing, which I think we'll probably start with the case for, try to make our cases for it. And then 
why we do what we do, why PT is different and why we believe in what we do and why we believe it's better. Um, but yeah, I guess I'll just kind of toss that your way. I know we talked a bit about it before, you know, getting on the call and you started, but I'd love to let the crowd hear like what your thought process is on why this became a thing. Like, why is it so profuse? Why is it so popular? Well, whenever you asked me about it the other day or you brought it up, I was like, what the fuck is that? Like you sent me a screenshot and I was like, I don't even know what the fuck this means, but obviously like I can extrapolate and I can like use context clues to, to figure out what bikini building means. Um, and just by the way, what a fucking tangent this is yeah. right away. We we're just talking about great. Um, so yeah, for anybody who has not been already lost, um, I do think it is important to kind of frame like what exactly we are talking about whenever we're talking about, um, this conceptual training style, because it's not a training style. It's a concept. Um, it's an idea and it's wrong in a lot of ways. Right. So like, um, in my mind, in my mind, this isn't any different than if you were to say, oh, like we're going to mom build, we're, we're going to dad bod build, right? You're, you're talking about a result and then you're trying to like reverse engineer that result and then come to a determination for what the steps to get to that result are going to be. But the thing is though, in training specifically, it's not linked exactly like that, especially because the way that you get to a physique typically requires doing a lot of the same stuff, no matter what that end product is going to be. So because of that, if you say something like bikini building, in my mind, that doesn't really change the, the, the factoring, the formula from anything that would also resemble female building or male building or human building. Like it's all this, it's all the fucking same, right? Like the goal is to build something. So putting bikini before that doesn't really do too much for the way that I view what the goals are. So where I think this comes from is that the sport of bikini competition, right? So whenever you're competing in bikini in the division, um, there are specific, very specific requirements, right? So there are very specific rules. There are things that they are looking for. And a lot of times that does dictate focusing more energy on certain body parts and less energy on other body parts. And specifically, we can talk about like the glutes, we can talk about the delts, we can talk about like the midsection being a little bit more streamlined. We can talk about even like the calves, right? Like the calves, they pop out in a bikini athlete's physique, but really minimizing others like pecs, like quads, like traps, like arms, biceps, triceps, like those are not as prized as something like the glutes or the delts might be. So what that has led to is a specificity overlaid on top of training for bikini athlete, which is exactly what you should have. You should have a program that is specific to your goals and your needs. The difference here though, is that does not change how muscle building works in general. That doesn't change the physiology. That doesn't change the biomechanics that are involved here. So what you're trying to do by saying bikini building is you're trying to indicate specificity, but what actually happens is that indicates everything else and oftentimes pushes more towards overload, right? So whenever you're trying to make any progress in the gym, the training has to be very specific in terms of it has to align with your goals, but also has to be overloading. And the fact that like over time, it gets harder and harder and harder. So your body continues to have to adapt upward, right? Like that's just how these things work. If you have neither of those, you're going to be either going in the wrong direction 
where you're going to be pointed in the wrong direction, but you're just going to be stagnant. So none of it will matter anyway. But whenever we have a specific bikini program, that's awesome. It might be a little bit more catered towards glutes and delts and a little less catered towards biceps, triceps, and quads. Fine. That's great. That's exactly what we should want. But an overloading program designed to build muscle in any capacity will probably have some aspect of volume and some aspect of optimized run ranges and optimized intensities and optimized for a certain degree exercise selection, right? Like they're all going to be spectrums, variances of, but you're going to be operating within the same realm for all of these different variables, right? Building muscle on your delts isn't going to change if you're a bikini comp competitor or if you're a male bodybuilding athlete, right? Building muscle comes down to the same fundamental things. You have to do the same shit to build the same muscle. Doing heavy loads is not going to make your muscle denser than doing light loads. And contrasting that, right, doing a lot of light work and a lot of high volumes is not going to build any significantly different types of muscle. It's not going to look any different than just doing less sets, higher intensity, and lower rep ranges, right? Like, that's what I think is really confounding here. That's what a lot of people, I think, get confused about whenever they're talking about how to differentiate programming for different types of goals and different types of athletes is they try to indicate specifics being changed, right? Like you're pointing the programming in slightly different directions and you're varying it by slightly different degrees, right? Because the end result is variances of different physiques. But what ends up happening is they end up morphing the entire program around things that should not really be changed because they don't understand what they don't understand how muscles are actually built on a fundamental level. So then it makes sense in their mind to say, oh, we should change this variable or this variable or this variable. When in reality, it's like, no, no. Once the specificity has been altered, you're good. You've done right. everything that you need to do. This is pointed in the right direction. Now just don't fuck it up. Yep. But most people fuck it up. And I think that's like kind of where we're going with this, which obviously I just tangented really, really hard. But I think that that's the most important thing that I see is like people confounding and getting confused with what like specificity in programming means versus like how to achieve overloading. Right. I mean, you talk about it and the way I look at it is you just narrowed your focus a bit, right? You narrowed your focus on that, that specific archetype of individual or athlete, but you didn't forsake the fact that they're a person, right? Because all, like you said, all of the same mechanisms of training will still apply to this person. Um, you know, the, the way that I kind of oversimplify it but i think pitch it so that anyone can understand it is your pecs your quads your hamstrings they don't know what 225 is they don't know what 315 is they understand stimulus they understand that and, and, and if you can create that stimulus in any way you want to right you can create it you want to do that in the most efficient way possible right and so you see a lot of these like bikini building programs right and there's just a fuck ton of volume Check and make the argument that that is a fail safe for bad training for people who don't know how to train, right? If you don't trust the ability for someone to to push a level of intensity to drive a certain stimulus, well, then you give a million sets and that will get better. And it's lazy, but I understand it. I get it. And I think that if you're going to mass produce something, it's probably the better way to go, um, unless you're going to actually couple it with real education. That being said, like you, like, again, it's it's the stimulus. Why we are huge on things like tempo. Um, you know, you see people. I, I want to. I want more weight. Why? 
why? Why do you why do you want to make this movement more difficult than it actually has to be? If you can achieve the same thing with less weight and doing it more intentionally, less wear and tear on your joints, less wear and tear on your probably your CNS, less wear and tear on your just your overall mental as you're trying to like half fuck this thing into position. I mean, it is one way makes a lot more sense, right? And they talk about ego lifting, and I don't think it's a hundred percent people just wanting a certain ego. I get that it feels good to progress. I think it's just the way progression is is framed, the way overloading is framed, and when you start to look at it through the the very basic lens that you know you're not an overly complicated individual as a human being. Like there are very basic things that you can do and do over and over again, and better each time, and you will get better. When you overcomplicate it with a, oh, wow, we need to do the upper glutes or we need to make sure your delts don't get too big, but we want to condition them. We need, I'm like, okay, that's, that's not something that you can blanketly apply. I will concede that as individuals, we will respond to things differently. Some people respond really fucking well to low volume, super, super heavy weight, solid form. Other people respond a little bit better. They're like, hey, listen, like, I cannot recover from that. So I need to pull down to more of a sub max if you're not even lower volume or lower load and take it for more volume. I will I will put my efforts there because I respond better and it's more optimal for me and my ability to bounce back in subsequent sessions. But that's not a bikini versus, you know, male bodybuilder thing. That's a person to person thing. Like that is something that you you have to take in consideration when operating with your specific athlete as an individual. Um, and I think, again, it's just lost. It's lost. And I guess my question to the people who currently have booty builder programs that have seven glute exercises that are all isolated and, blah, 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 and it's supposed to grow their glutes four inches, I would ask, is it designed that way because you don't trust the buyers and you want to make sure they get results? So you just booby trap them into getting results by throwing a shit ton of volume in them? Or do you just not understand what goes into the mechanisms of growth? progression training etc yeah and I, I definitely think that there is a lot of a lot of just like ignorance that goes into programming and i think that that is where a lot of the discrepancy comes from that we're, what we're talking about right where um a really good example of this is the use of buzzwords right and you you mentioned it like upper glutes density conditioning Ham, glute ham tie-in right like yes these words mean things but not in the way that they're being used often right so that's one way that i immediately start to like in my mind designate this person doesn't know what the fuck they're talking about if they're using these things basically as blankets over their ignorance to say oh yeah just just do this just do this just work more on this like just Go hit your upper glutes with this exercise. Do more volume here. It's like you don't understand what the fuck you're talking about. So there's no point for us to even try and like have this conversation or debate with you because like it's it's going nowhere. It's going right over your head. Right. And I think that a lot of times too that this can be applied or just like the the kind of veil of ignorance can be applied to the way that we see a lot of programs written as well. So if you see something like just five sets of 10 to 15 reps, or even like four sets of 10 to 15 reps across the board for eight different exercises. That is like what you said, it's a fail safe. Mm -hmm. And the reason it's a fail safe is because you're trying to cover every base you can possibly think of. You're 
you're spreading everything. You're carpet bombing your whole body. Like that's literally, that's the equivalent of carpet bombing your body because you don't know how to use precision tools. You don't understand how to be, how to use these things in the way that is the most efficient. So you just throw everything that you have at it and hope for the best. Maybe that will work. Maybe to a degree it should work because you're just doing so fucking much that you're guaranteed to hit something the right way. But there are better ways of doing it, right? And like how long are you actually going to make progress whenever you're doing eight different exercises, four sets of each, 10 to 15 reps of each one? How long are you going to be able to make progress doing that? Like like how long can you overload that? How, how can you actually push the intensity on something like that. And what happens whenever you start to, to stall? What happens whenever some of these movements get stale? What do you add in that place? Because you're already doing everything. You, you're already hitting every fucking variation you can think of. So where do you go from here? Like one thing that I always try to, to remember, even myself in a brand programming is like, keep some shit in your back pocket. Like, like always have, always have a trump card, always yeah. have something that you can play whenever everything else has stopped working. And actually I had this conversation with one of my clients the other day, we were discussing like four versus five times a week frequency with training. And she was like, I think that I'm good to go up to five times a week. I'm like, why? Like, why do you want to go up to five times a week? Like, is there something that you're looking for that you're, you're currently not getting from four times a week? And she was like, no, not really. She's like, I enjoy four times a week. Like, uh, I feel like I'm making really good progress. Like I'm recovering really well. And it, it, I don't need to go to five times a week. And in my mind, I'm like, then we shouldn't go to five times a week. Like you're, you're telling me that there is literally no reason for us to do that. While on the other hand, asking if we can do it. And this isn't her, like this is her. It's just a misconception, right? Because we all think that more equals better, Mm -hmm. but more does not equal better. If it's counterbalanced by a, a lack or decrease of efficiency, right? We can spin our wheels for a really fucking long time doing a lot of work. That doesn't mean that we're getting anywhere though. Right. And Actually, like just on this topic, because I've been putting together like this really long, comprehensive article, um, just about a, a lot of a lot of different things. But one of the things I was talking about in it was how everyone likes to feel like they work hard, but the difficulty isn't from working hard; it's from figuring out the right things to work hard on. And I think that's where we can kind of take this conversation. You know, it's like. Yes, we all want to work hard. And like as coaches, we want all of our clients to work hard as well. But I don't feel like people have an issue with working hard. I don't think that that's the problem that we encounter the, the most, right? It's channeling that hard work in the right way that we run into the most issues with. Like yes. someone who voluntarily does eight exercises, four by 10 to 15, like they, they don't have an issue with working hard. They want to work hard, right? Like they want to work harder than they currently are. If you gave them nine exercises, they would do nine, right? If you gave them a fifth set of everything, they would do that. It's not a hard work issue. It's channeling it in the wrong way. It's using all that energy and all that effort for the wrong outcome, right? Like it, that's the thing, right? Like that's, that's what I think most people just struggle with because it's not, again, it's, it's not like for lack of, of want or desire to get to those places of efficiency or to, to be pointed in the right direction. I'm sure that's what everyone wants, but you have to kind of get some assistance or you have to, to gain some knowledge to be able to understand where you should be at any given time. And that does often 
take a lot more effort and hard work than people are willing to put in, or it's just, you know, easier in the moment to say, all right, I'm going to do this. And then I'll worry about all of this shit later. Or, you know, I'm still going to be making progress if I do this. So it's not that big of a deal if there is a better way that I could be doing it. Um, but yeah, you know, it just, I, I don't necessarily think that a lot of this, the stuff that we see with like bikini building is, I don't think that it's necessarily like this overly malicious thing. I don't think that it's like even detrimental in a lot of ways. I think that it's just like coming from a place of, of ignorance. I think that most of the time, the people that are putting forth these ideas or concepts or trying to like talk about this stuff, they just don't know what they're actually talking about, right? They're out of their element. Like this isn't, this isn't their, do do their domain of expertise, you know? And again, that's fine. It's fine. But what, where the problem comes from is whenever too many people start listening to this this veil of ignorance, right? Like this, this group ignorance, this group speak. And whenever it starts being taken seriously or with more seriousness than should be assigned, that's whenever it becomes problem or problematic because then like what we were just talking about, you don't want to be the one person that steps up and is like, Hey guys, maybe this is fucking stupid. Maybe there's a better way of getting these results versus doing eight exercises, five sets of each being in the gym for three hours each time I'm training. Is there maybe just a better way of doing this shit? You don't want to be ostracized for being the first person to raise your hand and be like, this seems pretty fucking stupid. Yeah. No, I, I was going to draw back to the exact same thing, which is that people, and it's, it's funny. I, I don't know. You know, I, I always joke that there's technically like a generational gap between like people who were born in like 88 to 92, 93 and people who were born from like 93 on, even though they're all in the same bunch, right? But like a lot of shit happened. Like a lot of shit happened in that time period. And I think it shaped um, those two groups of people a little differently. Like, you know, I grew up, Wikipedia was not a place you could go to find shit. Like if you, if you quoted Wikipedia in school, F, it didn't matter if it oh, was- Oh yeah, bro. Like I, that's the thing. So like, I would say now, like Wikipedia is probably one of the most reputable places on the internet for information. Like it's like, solid. It, well, it's also fact-checked by so many people that mm -hmm. it has to be solid. It literally is like the universal information hub. It's it's like that is Wikipedia. That's what it's for. It's meant to literally be the digital encyclopedia. Whereas before it was, it was almost taken for granted that people could go in there and make edits because it was more of this community project. So it wasn't always factually accurate, but nothing on the internet is 100% factually accurate anyway. Like you can go to an academic paper and it's almost guaranteed to be wrong in some capacity, right. especially if it's old. It's probably been disproven since then. So no, that's actually a really interesting parallel because yeah, like not only did we, we, not, we didn't have like good Wikipedia, we also didn't grow up with cell phones. We right. grew up with like the ability to basically get anything that we wanted at, at any given time. Like we couldn't just fucking order food and have it delivered to, to our house the next 15 minutes. We couldn't order prime and have this shit next day. Like it is a, it, that's a, an interesting generational gap between people that are like not that different in age. Right. No, it is. It's, and I've seen it in relationships. I've seen it in some friendships. Um, like my little brother technically is in our generation, but even still like he will see something on the internet and it's accepted as fact or see something on YouTube and said this fact, like how could it get here? Right. And 
to the point of like Wikipedia is like we had to live through Wikipedia becoming reputable because you could go to, you can go to a random page and type in Australia and someone can go in there and be like this is the place where the giants live and it could stay there like no no until so someone came along and said delete no this is actually not like here are the animals commonly found like a learned skepticism that we had to have like yes we had to have some sense of like keeping our guard up about the information that we were taking in because we knew that there was a chance that it was bullshit. That's interesting. I, I hadn't really thought of it. It's like a natural sus. And I, I didn't think about that, honestly, until like in my last relationship, I watched like minds change rapidly. Bang. Oh, this is right. This is right. This is right. This is right. I'm like, are you not seeing that this is actually like starkly contrarian to what you believed yesterday, a week before? And it's okay because I love seeing the evolution in thought, but like second guess things that's that it's like suspect like, Hey, be a little bit skeptical because it'll stop you from being gung ho in one direction and then having to backtrack the, the zeal, you know, steps. So the zealous steps that you took in that direction. Um, and once I understood that it made understanding people who were born a little bit later than me, like people who like, we had a lot of the same things, but like, like, Oh, like you didn't. You didn't grow up in this time when like there wasn't a natural security in this where you couldn't just Google something really quickly or look this up and then take it as what's the answer? Oh, this is the answer. It's like, no, I remember having to like go to the first Google search, the second Google search, the third Google search, cross-reference them, make sure they all made said the same thing. You know, like you you couldn't just go to one place because the internet was still very early and it was it was a collaboration. And so um I think that that is a very deep rooted like process thing that happens inside of people that were born in the early ages of technology um because people born a few years later technology adva advanced so quickly that like what they were experiencing their first cell phone was very different than my fucking like silver green screen motorola right they can get on the internet on their phone i couldn't so all of those things i think definitely form that group think where it's like oh a really popular person can say something and then everyone goes oh well it's this person it's elon it's steve jobs it's you know, the president, whoever, it must be fucking right. Like, let's do it, right? Versus us being like, okay, well, let me wait. Let me, let, me just, let me just see for a second, you know? No, that's interesting that you bring that up, though, because I think that there, so this is, again, tangent, but, like, I think that there are, like, benefits and also downsides to having that, like, slow to react mm -hmm. mentality where you're skeptical, but at the same time, that can create delays in your ability to wrap your mind around things that are changing quickly, right? So I think about this like technological progress. It changes so fast, so rapidly, that if you're someone who is a little bit more naturally skeptical or slower to accept changing paradigms, you're always going to be behind the eight ball, right? Like you're always going to be behind because you're not mentally flexible enough mentally flexible enough okay. to be able to stay on top of how fast certain things are changing by the same token i think that people who have been in, in the past slighted by allowing their their thoughts or beliefs to change rapidly and then getting fucked because of that because they were just too quick to believe certain things those people probably start to develop that learned skepticism right now that i'm thinking about this too like think about certain professions that it pays to be more skeptical or slower to adapt the new, right? The things that come out that are very shiny, like a doctor, right? Like if you're a doctor, you probably want to sit on your hands 
for a little bit longer than other people whenever it comes to like new research, because you need to see that shit play out in practicality and in, in, in the real world. You need to see how like this new drug is going to affect not just the hundred people that were in the study, but the hundred thousand people that might come before you start prescribing it to your, your patients. So, but whereas if you're a, a theoretician, if you are, or a professor, like maybe you jump on the new research a little bit quicker, right? Like maybe yeah. you are a little bit more malleable in the way that you think about the world or, and how quickly you accept things that might be changing or you hold them a little bit less closely, right? Yeah. Like you, you don't necessarily jump on the next bandwagon, but at the same time, like you're not completely discounting it either. So obviously it's a complete tangent, but I do, it sounds like a real, that's a really interesting topic because, um, like for me, that's something that I've been really, really, really focusing in a lot on myself personally is, um, like what allows people to have the mindset of essentially understanding and accepting that they could be wrong, right. About various things. And then also being able to adapt whenever things change quickly or quicker than they hoped for and not getting left behind or not, not falling into any various traps or, you know, just also same thing, right? Like if you are someone who is like very, um, very naive, uh -huh. that opens you up to a lot of like, you know, potentially malicious people like scammers, right? Yep. Someone who just believes every email that comes in is like the, the next opportunity of a lifetime. Like, yeah, you're probably going to get fucked by a few people before you understand what those emails actually are. So then right. develop a natural skepticism towards spam emails, towards emails that are coming from people that you've never heard of or that are offering you completely outrageous things. So, yeah, I mean, again, this is something that like I, I feel like I've been really curious about for quite a long time. And I've been like really trying to dive in personally with a lot of these things because intuitively I understand how how easy it is to fall into like really, really, really believing the way that you see the world is objective versus maintaining a little bit of like subjectivity about not just certain things, but also just like, like the things that you potentially hold like the closest, you know, right. just maybe you're wrong about various things. Maybe like the way that you see the world is not a hundred percent objective. Maybe you're clouded by your experience. Maybe you're clouded by like your your friends or the people that you're around the most or your your position, your status in life. Like all of these things kind of go into like the way that you see the world. So like, like how do you get to the point? And this is a rhetorical question. Like how do you get to the point of being able to like remind yourself of that at all times so you don't get too concrete in your beliefs? Like that's, again, that's something that I... It's been like very interesting to me. It's been something that like I've been focusing on a lot more, but I don't necessarily think that there is like a right or wrong answer or like uh, any way to like get all the way through that thought process. But um, but yeah, I'll just wrap up there because I could probably continue talking about this for a long time and get really nowhere. No, I'm actually glad that that uh, that, that excited you and I get ready to bounce with your hair's cut. Um, but I mean, you touched on a couple of good points there. I think the big thing is it's it's interesting. Like, I, I wonder, and this might be a question for a different time or maybe Instagram or whatever, but which is more process beneficial, 
being a person who has a natural naivety to them. Because like someone could probably say that Steve Jobs had a natural naivety to him. I'm going to change the world. Yeah, okay, bro. Right, like, and then he went and did it because he didn't believe he couldn't do it. Like he believed that it was Elon is more like that. Like if we're yeah. talking, like those types of people, I would say Elon is like naturally the more like naive person because he for sure his vision is like ridiculously big. Yeah, no, I mean like Mars. We're going. He's like we will like we interplanetary like living is going to happen, right? And I'm going to be the, the driver of this. Um, and like, I can say the same thing for like a lot of people who have gotten famous or who have made a lot of money. And is there, uh, an innate flaw or handicap in being so sus of, well, that won't work because, or this won't work because, and it kind of slows you down because there are other people out there who they don't get stopped by that. They don't get stopped by that skepticism. They just do it. And yeah, they might fall flat on their face, face, but them just doing it also puts them in a position to succeed. So it's almost like which one kind of bodes a bit better as you process things and then you went on to like changing your mind and stuff like that and so this is where i'm going to plug for those who are listening think again it's cool it's cool because to price's point like you know how do we get to a point where we do change our mind about things that are concretely just like bestowed within us right that is they're stuck there right how do you unlearn that shit how do you move forward and uh, a quick paraphrasing of a story the way that think again starts off is about fire jumpers people who literally jump into fires and put them out um and while you know jumping into a fire they shouldn't have been in these people realize we need to get out of here right we cannot fight this fire we need to get the fuck out we need to get evac'd so they find a high point and they're all running towards it and halfway through the run while getting to the pier they realize oh shit we're still carrying a hundred pounds of fuck shit like i got my axe here i got my fucking chainsaw my backpack but they're taught during training that like you're dead without your soul. But right now you're heavy and you're dead with your soul. And how do you unlearn that? People died. The majority of them died with their equipment on because they wouldn't take it off so they could run faster and get there. Right. Then you had one of the guys who, instead of trying to get to the pier, turns around and starts lighting the fire on fire, lighting the brush around the fire on fire. And essentially the fire's path to him was cut off. And they asked him like, essentially like, how, how'd you do that? Like, cause this is not taught. And he's like, ah, it just, it, it made sense, but it took him like in that moment, split moment, unlearning what he had been taught and even the moment, what he thought to be safe. I need to get there to be safe. But instead of saying I can create a safe place, there's a lot of power in being able to like unravel the things that you can hang on to so tightly. Um, and so like you said, I, I also have been very deliberate in that aspect of like, Hey, like, why do I feel the way I feel? You know, what's rooted in logic, what's rooted in emotion. And then even in logic, I know that you can relate to this. I have at times been on that really shaky point where I'm like, is measuring everything in how logical it is right? Like objectively, it might be the closest thing to fair, but is that more right? And then the minute I ask that question, everything starts to fracture. Cause I'm like, I'm always trying to be the most objective person by removing emotion. But is that even the right process to take? Am I othered? Am I oftentimes looked at as heartless or an asshole because I'm doing something that maybe is not quote unquote right? So um, it is a, a very existential question there. Also, but Also, um, just before we go, I think logic like presupposes objectivity, right? So I would say that there is an objective reality but also logic presupposes truth 
to that objective reality. It's saying that there is a truth inherent to the objectivity and that there that truth can be proven through log, right? Like A plus B equals C, one plus one equals two. Like if you build everything up from those logical bases, then you get to the truth and that truth builds the objective reality. But what happens whenever people just refuse to accept objective reality? There are a lot of people that are like, no, I, like, I don't agree with that. And that's just not the way that I see the world. Right. You're like, but you're fucking wrong. What do you mean? That's not the way that you see the world. There's like, I, that I don't, I don't believe you. Right. But, so how do you, how do you deal with that? Like, how do you approach that? And like, that, like logic isn't the tool for that job, right? Because if you continue to beat them with logic, they just continue to not accept it. And you're like, like you're, you're not doing anything there. You're not getting anywhere. You're just frustrating yourself. So for some people who have more of like an objective truth bent to them, like if you're biased that way, yeah, you know, like logic is probably your biggest tool because you can always lean back on that. But for other people, like for people that truly believe that like the world is more experiential, it's more subjective, it's more based around like your feelings and, you know, your experiences and your upbringing and all these things, right? Which I would to a degree push back on a lot of that, but at the same time, I, I can't tell someone that they're wrong if that's actually the way that they see the world, right? Because that is their reality. They're not living in the objective reality in the same way that we are. So it, it's, it's obviously like a, a really weird, deep rabbit hole, but at the same time, like I wanted to add that in as a slight caveat at the end because obviously you and i are super like logically bent we kind of build up our worldview around these these logical frameworks but a lot of people don't they don't give a shit about that like at all that's not something that they concern themselves with they don't care if they're accurate or truthful or objective like they they have no desire to follow the rules the way that we do so like how do you deal with those types of people? Like, like, where do you go with that? I honestly don't fucking know, but like, you can't just continue to like berate them with, mm -hmm. with logic or with rationality because they're just, they just don't accept it. And that's yeah. literally their trump card. Yep. No, there's also more in the book about that as well. But, uh, and I'm sure there's probably some deep seated trauma and Bryce and I, that we're, like we hang on to logic because it's the one we could control. Somebody could probably psychoanalyze us and throw that out there. Uh, but, Either way, just tying it back, second guess your shit, bro. Like, if you see some shit in the fitness industry, if you see some programming and stuff out there, like, it's really, really good just to, like, analyze it, come from your own point of view, research it, continue to rethink it just because you accepted it. Like, oh, this is what I was doing before. Great. That's what you knew. Once you know better, do better. We know better. So come, hang, come do better with us. Um, but we will go ahead and wrap up so Bryce can get a haircut. If you were tuning in, hopefully you are able to Stay in line and track with us throughout the entirety of this hour and some podcast. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, please drop them in the comment section. And just like our last guest, drop ideas for us to talk about. And we'll obviously just get on here and try to get more structured as we, we go. But thank you again for tuning in and we'll see you next time.